And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to episode 43 of the Lace Them Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. The World Cup of Hockey preliminary action is underway. The real thing doesn't get going until next weekend. But uh, surprisingly, a lot of passion. I, honestly, with these pre-tournament games, maybe it's just me. I don't notice how intense it usually gets. But there, there's been a lot of heated skirmishes after whistles. Uh, or so it seems more often uh, than not we see it uh, compared to previous tournaments. Um so we're, we're going to talk about that, um, potential MVPs for each country, X-Factors, we'll dissect that. Um, also, the poll of the week on our Twitter, uh, apparently people uh, don't necessarily agree with my prediction, I'll explain. Um, Ryan Kessler hit Shea Weber, we'll talk about how that went um, in the rematch on Saturday. And Johnny Goudreau is looking for a serious pay raise. We'll talk about that, as well as another player with the first name John who just got paid. And the National Predators have a new captain. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, before we uh, get underway, um, we're going to do the shout-outs for those who wore number 43 along with those who wore number 44 next week. Um, Because at the time we're recording this podcast, it's, of course, September 11th. And 15 years ago today... Um, hard to believe it's been 15 years, but, uh, the attacks on the world trade center happened. Um, hundreds of people lost their lives and, um, there are several first responders, paramedics, police officers, firefighters who, who put their lives on the line. And not just on that day in particular, but every day. Um, and some of the freedoms that we take for granted, um, wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the people who who risked their lives um, so we can live ours. And it extends to the people fighting for our rights overseas um, in Canada, in the U.S. Um, so just want to take um, a moment of silence here to remember those um, who lost their lives on 9-11, to remember um, their families who who um, are missing their loved ones right now, and to all the survivors who who made it out of 9-11 and maybe uh, their lives have changed forever and maybe, God forbid, the worst of ways, you know, survivors skill, post-traumatic stress disorder. um, A lot of people's lives were impacted on this day. So right now I just want to have a moment of silence uh, to remember those who sacrifice their lives every day put their lives on the line to protect ours and um, may we never ever forget social media stuff um, is there twi- Twitter we were pretty active this week yeah. um, some podcast at some podcast um Facebook, lace them up. Um, email us, mailbag, uh, laceupbag at gmail.com. And we have, uh, oh yes, uh, follow us on, on SoundCloud. I keep on getting all these notifications on SoundCloud that someone liked our, our audio thing or, or on email. 
I got that people followed us. Um, are you still there, Steve? Yes, you are. Okay. Yeah, you dropped out for a sec. Okay. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> it got picked up. Um, and uh, oh yeah, in iTunes. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, rate us on iTunes. Um, do all that stuff. So yeah. Um, I think that's it. All right. Uh, how many? How many people? Um, you mentioned the likes on SoundCloud. Just curious, how many people? Um, uh, liked uh, our podcast from uh, last week. Our um, Las Vegas breakdown there. Let me look. Um, I don't know if there were. T- yeah, I don't think people actually. Oh no, never mind. We just have a couple of followers. We have okay. people who follow us. We have um, sixteen followers. That's not too bad. We had 34 people who uh, listened to that expansion draft. But Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's pinned up to our Twitter account, folks, so if you haven't listened yeah, to yeah, it yeah. yet, um, and our Facebook, by too. all means, feel free. Well, by the time you listen to this, uh, this episode will be <laughs> pinned up to our Twitter and our <laughs> Facebook. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I actually got some cool reactions to it, like from friends of mine. So that was, that was fun. Did, did anyone disagree with your picks or my picks? Just yeah, curious? there was a couple who disagreed with you. <laughs> um, on, on which particular one? Uh, do you remember? No, no. But, um, yeah, he was just saying in general, like, he's like, Steve, like just a lot of like your picks were just like whatever, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't like... I was just, I was trying to be like, well, to be fair, this is like, you know, if it was right now, we didn't take salary into account. I guess he just didn't like who well, we picked. Well, yeah, it didn't take yeah. salary into account. Again, yeah. that's, that's, that's one of the and things he, that are probably yeah. going to affect who they pick. Exactly. And I also mentioned like, you know, it's like, it's kind of tough to do right now considering exactly will change, because so, so much could change a lot of people could get yeah, traded yeah. but a- anyways it was it Who was knows? just it was just for fun i didn't expect anyone to agree with all of the picks that i made right. let alone half of them yeah and, yeah and it's good to create some debate because that's why we that's what we're doing yeah exactly yeah. But anyways, we're gonna stir up some more debate the world cup talking <laughs> preliminary action is yeah, yeah, yeah. i was about to go into that <laughs> Uh, so the, yeah, so the World Cup of, as Steve just mentioned, the World Cup of Hockey has started, although it's, this is so strange though, I don't understand why they're doing, is this like preliminaries to the preliminary rounds? Cause <laughs> the, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, why are they're, they're just like, uh, it, I think the strategy like, is yeah. they're trying to like, round, you know, round robin, you play every yeah, single yeah. team. They want to, they want to make sure they play every team from the opposite division before uh, the game's actually matter. That's that's probably what's happening. Okay, okay. But didn't Canada and USA they played twice? Oh right, okay, right? never mind. Maybe it's more rivalries for rivalries' sake. That's probably it. Then. Oh, that yeah. might be it. You're right. Oh yeah, because Europe and North America played twice. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so they're just trying to also played twice. Yeah, and they're they're rivalry too. Yeah, so the probably... only interdivision I think was Russia and Czech Republic, and they had some good tilts. Okay, so. Um, yeah, so, uh, anyways, so yeah, we're going to go through, like the World Cup of Hockey, we're going to go through each roster um, and pick either 
Um, it's going to take too long. We don't want to take that much time, considering we recorded yeah. three hours last week. So. Yeah, it won't nearly be as long this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do, uh, we're just going to go, we're just going to pick either an MVP, which for me is probably just going to be the goalie, or the, um, or an X Factor, someone who's like, who you don't expect to do well, but, or like someone who's going to do well for their team, um, and someone that they should look out for. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to go alphabetically. Um, so we're going to start out with Canada. Um, and for my, uh, roster, or my, I guess I'm going to, I guess it's easy to go with, I think we both know that if, like, Carey Price doesn't do well, you know, they always have Braden Holtby or Corey Crawford to do that. So, they would, they would be my MVP if Holtby was the only good goalie on the team, or if Price was the only good goalie on the team, or Crawford was the only good goalie yeah. on the team. But I feel like they're, they're good on goalies. I mean, they're good on every position. Yeah. But, it's so really I'm, tough to pinpoint yeah, it. Exactly. So I'm going to go with X-Factors here. Um, Brad Marchand and uh, Corey Perry, because yeah. you know, they're known as the uh, instigators. instigators in real life, and I think that those are important players, because you, know, you have your Crosbys, you have your Sagans, you know, and Sam Coses, who guys who can score, um, but you, know, you need those guys who can also just be physical and get into other people's skin, and I think those guys um, are the best at that. <laughs> so, in Saturday's yeah. game, in, in the rematch against the U.S., you saw Perry get into it. Yeah, exactly. And he was he was getting in their face, yeah. you know, a couple of post-whistle scrimmages, and, and he was right in the middle of it. And that's the other thing that's crazy, too, is that Marshawn and Perry are both really good skaters, too. So it's, yeah. not, it's not just that they're, like, goons who just happen to like trash talk a lot. They're like yeah. you know, they they're, can they're act, kind of they like can a score. Dubinsky on the US kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, that's those are my two I know it's a little cheating because I said two X Factors, but yeah. uh, those are my X Factors. Okay. Um for Canada X Factor I think is gonna be Tyler Sagan. Okay. Uh, that goal that uh, setup he made on the Matt Duchesne goal, I think that made it four to two I yeah. believe it was uh, last night. It was a pretty sweet play. Off a defender, uh, passed right on Duchesne's uh, tape, and he just wired it. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what Tyler Sagan's going to do. Uh, he's my X factor. MVP, I, I expect to be John Tavares. Um, maybe it's because he played at the Canadian Tire Center, and when the World Juniors were in Ottawa, and it was called Scotiabank Place back then in 09, he had a big tournament, but... Um, I, I really expect big things from John Tavares, of course. Um, he didn't play in the 2014 Olympics long enough because, obviously, he got hurt and his season was pretty much over at that point um, because of the injury that he suffered in the tournament. Um, but I, I really expect him to make an impact, and I think he's going to be the MVP of this team, no question. Yeah, that's interesting. With uh, Sagan, I... Um, I uh, well, first off, Bergeron, Marchand, and Crosby are on the same line. Some guy named Crosby, you know, um, <laughs> some nobody. He's not Louis Erickson, um, but I kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of wish that Sagan was on 
Bergeron and Marsh online just for uh, nostalgia reasons on my part. <laughs> Because uh, they used went back when Sagan was on the team. They, yeah. That was their big line. But uh, um, I do wish they were on that team. Um, all right, let's go to the Team Czech Republic. Um, hold on, let me get their roster up here. Um, yeah, I, uh, again, I feel like since there's so many injuries here, um, I guess I would go with the MVP, because there, there are so many injuries, I guess I'd go with the MVP here being Peter Morazic, um, just because um, he's going to have to stand on his head if Czech Republic's going to go far. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they do have, like, Palat, Pasternak, Plekanec, all the P- and Voracek, um, but no one really else, so... Um, yeah, I think, but I mean, Morazic's a good goalie too, so I think he has to be spectacular if the Czech Republic's going to go far. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think, um, uh, do you have, a, do you have a, an X factor for them as well, or just... I don't really, I mean, you can have an X factor if you want. Well, yeah, I, I think Peter Morazic is, is going to have to be, um, the MVP for the Czechs to go far. You, you, in the World Junior Tournament, I believe was... In 2012, in Edmonton, I think it was, um, he stood on his head. I remember. I think made close to 50 saves, maybe went over 50 saves, and single-handedly defeated the Americans and knocked them out of the tournament. I think, um, and re- really was was instrumental in in the success of that Czech team in that tournament. And he's going to have to be if if this Czech team is going to make some noise, especially with Canada and, and the U.S. Um, in their division, so um, def- definitely it's going to be him against the world, and he's going to have to step up his game. Offensively, I think Thomas Placanitz, despite what his age might tell you, uh, the chemistry that he has with Voracek is um, he had a beauty tic-tac-toe feed, uh, I remember, in, in the first uh, preliminary game with Russia, and um, I believe he actually got credit with the game time goal in the dying seconds in the second game against Russia, too, so um, despite what his age might tell you, he's the captain for a reason, and I think um, I think he's going to have to be the X factor for the Czechs. Um, obviously, you look at all the other guys: Palat, Pasternak, Voracek, as I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, a is the real leader of this team, and he's going to have to be if if they're going to go far as as well as Morazic. True. Um, yeah, I don't know if they'll go far because it's tough with Krejci out. Um, there's another guy who's on the Czech team who's also out too, but, um, Hurdle, Hurdle. Yager's not playing, um, um, so they're kind of, (laughs) no one's really playing on that team, but uh, we'll see, um, right, uh, let's go to, what's interesting though is this defenseman named Mikhail Kempney, he had two points in in the open, I know it's one game, but I'm just, I'm just looking to myself, who the heck is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he right. might be a player to watch as well. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have in the tournament, but yeah. watch out for that guy. He could be something. Um, team Europe is kind of an interesting team. I was watching. I didn't watch too much of the pre-pre-pre-tournament stuff, <laughs> but um, I did watch the North America Europe team. Um, the Europe team seemed pretty slow. Especially Chara, he was very slow, which is kind of nerve-wracking. But then I realized it's like one game on a meaningless, you know, tournament. Um, 
So um, hopefully he'll get back, and they're playing, you know, a bunch of young guys on Team North America. But, um, yeah, so I'm just looking at their roster right now. I'd say, I mean, I, obviously uh, uh, Halak looked really good. Um, he kept him in the game for a bit, um, at least in the first period. But I think I'd go with uh, Kopitar is going to be their MVP. Yeah. Um, he has to show up for them to even have a shot. Um, also another guy, I guess I also have an X-Factor here too, um, in, uh, Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's kind of an underrated player in my mind, and I think, uh, uh, he has to, you know, he also could make some noise (laughs) in the tournament once it gets going. Um, also Drysidle, um, as well, I think that's, um, he's a good young player too, so. Yeah, yeah I, I agree on both fronts. Kopitar's got to be the MVP just for them to have a shot to contend. Yeah. And uh, Matt Zuccarello, yeah, I, I think he's their X Factor, no question there. Yep. All right, I guess we, <laughs> that's it. Um, all right, let's go to Team Finland, uh, Steve's favorite team. Yeah. Um, so I, I already assume that you're going with Patrick Laine, um as your X Factor MVP. Um, <laughs> um, not both, but yeah, definitely the MVP. Um, it's kind of surprising now, though, that like their goalies in Finland aren't as because it used to be so good, but now it hasn't been because both Rask and um, Rene are now goalies, but they're um, you know they used to have Kerry Lennon and Antoniemi, and they both aren't um, on the team now. Um, Rask and Rene are both still good, not as good as they used to be. So what used to be a dominant position for them isn't anymore. Um, but I think either one of those guys, so I'm going to go with, I think Rask is the starter. So I'm going to go with Rask as the, if Rask is going to be the X factor here, if he's, if Finland's going to do well, I think Rask has to show up, um, and do well. Um, but it's going to be tough. Um, also, they have a good defense here with uh, Mata and Ristolainen and Vatanen. Um, but yeah, we shall see. Yeah, I think they have a very underrated defense. I think probably the most yeah. underrated in the tournament. Um, Patrick Laine, yeah, MVP. It's got to be their MVP. The power play revolves around him. They like uh, I've been watching these reports from Sportsnet leading up to the preliminaries and throughout the preliminaries and. I, I hear these conversations that power play is built on getting Patrick Laine the puck. Um, so he's got to be their MVP in order for that power play to work and pay off. And interesting story of how Patrick Laine is so calm and handles pressure. Apparently he had a blow up with a junior coach a few, um, uh, with a junior coach, um, a while back. Uh, and he started taking, uh, mental coaching, uh, lessons and he's been taking them ever since and that's why he's so calm cool collected under pressure why the moment doesn't phase him and why he always seems to deliver in the big moments and i think that's really going to be tested in this tournament once again and in previous tournaments he's been able to um overcome any adversity coming his way and and just thrive uh so patrick lanny's got to be their mvp um they they don't revolve 
their entire power play around a guy for nothing. And um, I think he's really going to have to be a difference maker. I think Barkov is going to be their X factor, though. Had two okay. points in the first game against Sweden. Um, I, I just think he, he plays a little bit with a chip on his shoulder sometimes. Um, I'm interested to see what um, Barkov brings to this roster. All right. Uh, Team North America now. Um they, uh, I'm just looking at their roster here. Like, their forwards are insane. Um, you know, you have McDavid, Eichel, Goudreau. Apparently, they're going to be on the same line. Drouin, McKinnon, who used to When former Dylan Larkin's Alex. the odd man out, you know your team yeah. is good. Larkin, Nuge, Saad, um, Shifley, Drouin, Couturier, um, Austin Matthews. Um, so, they're... They're looking good. So I'm not going to pick any of those guys because uh, I assume they'll all do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and also, I mean, Matt Murray and John Gibson are, uh, you know, they showed some flashes. They may be good too. I guess they'll be have to be relied on. But I think in order for North America to really go far, their defense has to be really good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with Aaron Ekblad as our uh, team MVP. He has to, because he's, of, I mean, obviously they have Seth Jones and Shane Gostbear, um, and Pareko and Ryan Murray. Um, so they also have a good <laughs> uh, back end too, but um, I think Ekblad has to be the, the leader of the team um, in this area. Um, yeah. And I think, and and if he isn't, then I think that you know the team may not even make it to the semifinals. Um, yeah, I, I think Aaron Ekblad, you're, yeah. you're right about that. He's he's got to be the leader of that defense yeah, for yeah. sure. And he's won a Norris Trophy, uh, or uh, I don't know if he won a Norris Trophy. He, he won Calder. the Calder Trophy for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Ghost Bear and uh, Seth Jones and Pareko are also. Included in this, I know I'm cheating a bit, but I guess they're all X factors here. Yeah, but um, I, I think. But you're, I, you're think, right. I, I think I think Ekblad has to has to be on top of his game. Um, also, he's the assistant captain and one of the older players on this 23 and younger team. So, yeah, um, yeah. it's almost unfair when you think about it. Like, I mean, it it is like it's cool because like you know this is filled with a team that has all these, like, number one overall picks. But, um, you know, like, when I was watching them against Europe, like, there's just, like, a bunch of fast guys versus a bunch of, like, old guys. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's it's, uh, interesting. Um, It feels like it's almost unfair. Yeah. I I agree with you and uh, the Ekblad thing. I think uh, for for, uh, MVP, X-Factors are goaltending, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gibson, yeah. Hellebuck, Matt Murray. It's going to be interesting to see which one of yeah, them is, is the go-to guy and how well they do. And I and assume it's going to be Matt Murray. Ultimately, what this tournament's going to come down to yeah. is who's going to make the timely save. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say that for every team, but yeah, well, yeah I agree. But I mean, you look at yeah. you look at some of the rosters, and and like that's what's going to come down to is who's better defensively, and it starts with goaltending. Right. That's true. Um. Also, it's filled with more Americans than Canadians, so <laughs> yeah. uh, just letting you guys just know. Just wanted to find you, that out. Yeah, yeah, just wanted to find that out. <laughs> exactly. Um, Team Russia. Um, all right. Um, I uh, I think their goalies are going to be an issue. 
Um, or they don't really have good defense either, but their goal. So that means their goalie is going to have to be even more spectacular. Bobrovsky. Um, obviously, they have great forward groups with Ovechkin, uh, Tarasenko, um, Malkin. Although we know Malkin's. Oh yeah, Malkin's playing. Um, you know now Panarin. Panarin, um, Kuznetsov as well, um, and I guess Datsuk's on the team too, even though he's quote-unquote retired, um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think Bobrovsky has to, like, do well, especially with, like, this defense, um, there's no one really that sticks out other than, I guess, Emelin and Kulikov, but, um, I mean, that's, you could say the same, like, that's what happened in the Olympics, too, is they didn't really... You know, it was they had a lot of good forwards, um, okay goalies, and then their defense just wasn't great. So, yeah, um, they never have good defense. I feel like, but yeah, and I think yeah. especially late in games, like I saw it with the Czech game, um, a little a little bit in the second game, but especially in the first game where where Bobrovsky had to make some really solid ten bell saves. They were just, the checks were just swarming them in the final five to seven minutes. There was a stretch of like not a minute of ice time, but just like a flat out regular minute, yeah, like a regular time. In the sixty seconds, they got like five or six chances to score, and Bobrovsky was there. Mm. So their their defensive flaws, especially late in games, I really think that's going to be the be all and end all of how well they do in this tournament. Um, f- forget you know going deep, but even meddling, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 an issue. I think MVP has got to be Artemi Panarin. Yeah, uh, because well, well, you look MVP, at um, I that, that would be you look at the but... chemistry that he has with uh, Chibichev, uh I believe that's how you pronounce his name, and um, uh, I think it's Evgeny Dadanov. Um, I can't I can't remember what the line call was, know, but no. he was on the line with Chibichev, and I think it was Dadanov, and. Uh, in in the World Hockey Championships, they 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 were just straight up killing it, and Panarin was leading the way, and the that goal he scored against Morazic uh, to tie the game uh, in the first game was an absolute snipe, and they need his lethal shot, they need him to be productive, and you know you talk about the Ovechkins and the Kuznetsovs and Pavel Datsuk, um, Nikita Kucherov, all those guys. You know what to expect from them, but I think Artemi Panarin is really gonna in international tournaments. He's really been able to own his craft, and okay. I think we're gonna see more of the same. I think their X factor has got to be Sergei Bobrovsky because right. if he plays like he did late in that game against the Czechs, I think they're in good hands. Um, but if they start to unravel defensively, it's gonna be a really tough tournament for Russia. To yeah. Um. First, okay, Team Sweden. Um. Yeah, this is kind of. It's kind of the same situation. No, it's not the same situation. Um, I was going to, like, the more I look at their roster, the more I'm like, actually, this team could go far because they're, they're good on, de- their, like, defense is um, enviable. Um, yeah. Every guy. So they have OEL, Hedman, of course, Eric Carlson. Strawman and Lindholm are good, too. Jalmosin, even. Um, Ekholm, as well. Like, all of those guys are really good. Um, I wonder why, because uh, Lindstrom, um, <laughs> they all probably loved Lindstrom back in the day. Um, and then their forward group is also good. You have the Sedins, Louis Erickson, Philip Forsberg, Landeskog, um, Soderberg, Silverberg. 
um, all the Bergs, Hornquist. Um, so they they're they're good in that too. Lundquist in goal. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Forsberg as an X factor and MVP as well. I know that's <laughs> kind of weird, but um, oh, and Backstrom, I forgot about him too. Yeah. But uh, Forsberg, I think because he's, um, you know, in the Olympics before they don't really, they never really like these are a bunch of older guys and Forsberg wasn't on that team then. And I feel like this guy's going to add an extra bit of energy to this team. And, um, he's going to be someone to like look out for, um, in the tournament. Yeah. I think MVP has got to be Eric Carlson yep. again, much like Patrick <laughs> Lane and, and the finished power play, the power yeah. play revolves around Eric Carlson, the way their defense yep. structure revolves around Eric Carlson. Say what you will about Victor Hedman and Oliver and Larson and all, and all the other guys, uh, they're talented in their own right, but Eric Carlson sometimes plays like he's on another planet. So yeah. um, he's got to be their MVP. Um, X Factor, I think, is Carl Hagelin. Um, yeah. I saw him mixing it up in, in uh, a few instances in those games against Finland. Um, the combination of his speed, his offensive skill, and his grittiness, I think Sweden needs that to compete with the with the rest of the teams, not just in their division, but if, if they go deep, uh, they need a guy like Carl Heidelin to step up. Yeah. All right. Uh, team USA. Um, they kind of saving have, the best for last in your exactly. case. Well, I'm not actually, I don't know if I said this on air or not, but I'm not actually not rooting for team USA. Oh, okay. Um, because yeah, I don't, you're, you're a North America guy. I'm a North America guy. I also, um, mostly cause I don't, like um, how they didn't include Kessler, Kessel, or um, Kessler. They didn't include Kessler, um, and Kessel I didn't. And, and um, Tyler Johnson, Justin Folk, they included and like Abdulkader, like Dubinsky. Well, I actually don't mind Dubinsky, but um, a lot of these guys. There are a lot like, of names left off that you would yeah, want to yeah, see. Exactly. Okay. Um, and I think the North America team is like a lot more exciting to watch anyway. So yeah. all our like best players are uh, on Team North America. So um, like imagine Eichel playing with Kane. Yeah. Um, you know. So um, or Austin Matthews even. Um, yeah. I'll probably be the next. Tournament. Or Gaudreau. That would be cool too. Yeah. So um, yeah, I look forward to the next Olympics if. Uh, yeah. They, if the NHL can work out an agreement there, but, um, I mean, by the way, I don't know if we've talked about this, but uh, this tournament is a gimmick. Um, yeah. But um, and it's all in like a cash grab because they're not sure if the Olympics are going to happen with these NHL players, so it's just a replacement for that. But, exactly, um, and and one of the guys that I was listening yeah. to on on the radio yeah. that works the works at our station is. He was saying the Olympics, the NHL has to pay to go there, yeah. and they don't get anything out of it. This is yeah, this different. is a tournament that's going to help them revenue wise. They make money off of yeah. this, so yeah, this this is revenue driven, absolutely. But but it's, it's still game. it's still hockey in September, so you can't exactly. really complain. Yeah, and and but like and we know we know it's made by Team yeah. North America and all the rivalries as well. Yeah, Europe and North America that's a gimmick too, but it's still like really cool idea and stuff so yeah, it's a gimmick but there, so unless there's good hockey yeah. on TV 
it's a gimmick, but I'm like, it's like cool gimmick, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, I think actually I'm just looking at the roster here. Um, the, their weakness is probably defense, uh, much like Russia. They're, you know, their forwards are decent. Um, and that's, and, uh, their goalies are really good. So quick and Bishop or Schneider, either whoever is actually going to be the star. I think it's going to be quick, right? Yeah. Um, I think quick's the guy, yeah. So, uh, but any one of those guys has to do really well, um, for them to even have a chance. Um, I have a feeling that's where you're going to go for that, for this answer. So I'm going to go with Patrick Kane being the MVP here. He's like their only superstar here. I guess, I don't know, do you count Parisi as a superstar? I don't think you do, really. Um, but yeah, so Patrick Kane um, has to make his own stuff. And, yeah. Um, he has to really be the guy like he's been for the Blackhawks the past couple of years. And I yeah. think... Um, if, yeah, if Team USA needs to go, especially without Kessel and all those guys, I feel like he has to be the guy to do yeah. that. Uh, Pacioretty is another guy. Oshi, um, also have to step up too. So, yeah. yeah. And Parise, yeah, Pavaleski as well too. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, MVP's Jonathan Quick. Okay. Um, I, yeah, again, like I, I said, it's going to come down to goaltending. Um, you know, they got some big guns who can score, but the the main reason why they did so well in the Olympics, um, um, going as far as they did uh, in uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, yeah, 2014, can't remember what year it is. Uh, 2014 in Sochi, um, you know, yeah, TJ Oshie was unbelievable in the shootout, and he had some big moments, but Jonathan Quick... Um, Semifinals, they only lost one nothing to Canada, and Jonathan Quick in in the first uh, tournament game that he was in, all he did was stop twenty nine of thirty shots. Um, so goaltending can turn uh, can turn a, any game on its head and into the other team's favor. And Jonathan Quick, I think that's the kind of goaltending that he provides, and that and then that's contagious. It affects the rest of the team. So I think Jonathan Quick's going to have to be the MVP of this team. X-Factor, like you said, Patrick Kane, he needs to step up. He needs to create his own offense. And if he's maybe even 75% of the guy who was in Chicago or has been in Chicago the past yeah. couple of years, I think this team is in good hands. Yeah, true. Well, I think, yeah, that's why I picked him as the team MVP, but you picked him as yeah. X-Factor. But, yeah, either or, I guess. Yeah. Um, Kane, Kane is going to have to play yeah. huge minutes and yeah. score top goals for sure. So we had the poll of the week this week is who's going to win the World Cup. Steve thinks Finland, um, and no one agreed with you. <laughs> um, I am the 1%. Yeah, yeah. This is tricky for me. And I messed up a bit because I, uh, I made it for a day, so we didn't get too many responses, but we did get some amount, so... Uh, Canada had 60%, Finland had 0%, North America had 30%, and then 10% had an other, um, and they didn't say who they picked. It's probably In all likelihood, the other was either Russia or Sweden. Yeah, um, I would guess so. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone likes USA, even me, who's from America. Um, but, uh, all right. 
Uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, <laughs> um, I think we talked about this the, last the polls up, but if, if, if you want to chime in on your comments, uh, we'll, we'll more than happily yeah. take them on Twitter, by the way. Exactly. Not, not too late to have your say. Right. All right, let's go to the rapid fire. Um, so there is uh, uh, USA, Canada played uh, preseason, pre-tournament games. Two um, of them, as a matter of two fact. Of them. Nice. There was one that was... I didn't actually watch this, but I saw the highlights. Um, Kessler hit Shea Weber. Like, it was kind of like a head-hitting move kind of thing. Um, he's not going to be suspended, but um, there was it's very physical USA. Yeah, he got Canada. five in a game on the play. Yeah, it's a very phys- it was a very physical game. Um, and I guess there's not going to be ramifications. No one's getting suspended, or, but... You said that Kessler got a game misconduct in a five-minute major, uh, yeah. major um, yeah. which I guess makes sense. Um, I actually, I think, um, I forget who said it, but someone on Team USA or whoever built the roster said that, like, they were building that team just so that they could beat Canada. They weren't worried about beating um you know, winning the tournament. They just wanted to beat Canada. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, I guess it shows because tr- that's why they picked all these, like, physical guys instead of Kessel and Tyler Johnson and Justin Falk. But yeah. it's still, like, um, it's still crazy, too, because they still don't have a chance to win against Canada. Because <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's not the way you build the team. That- yeah. It's a slippery slope that you put yourself into. I mean, right. even if, if you beat Canada, yeah. you know, Canada's <laughs> the bar for everyone to set. Yeah. They want to beat Canada too. Russia right. wants to beat Canada. Finland, Sweden, yeah. all the others. So what if, if they beat Canada? If they can't match up against the other guys, then right. all of a sudden, yeah, you beat Canada, but did you win the tournament? No. Well, I mean, here's how you beat Canada. Just pick all your best players. You know, it's like that's that's how you do it. You don't well, the best on best you don't you don't try to like intimidate them by you know. But whatever. Um, so that yeah. that's also what annoys me too on this team. Yeah, um, and as U.S. Yeah. fans probably realized uh, they they remember that Corey Perry is on Team Canada. Yeah, and he's on and Team Canada for on. a reason. He he was there instigating in the yeah. in the second match in, in Canada's five two win, and they got Kessler back in that game too. He took a couple yeah. of big hits, and and uh, Joel Thornton. I I can't remember who it was. I think it was Joel Thornton. I think it was number <laughs> seventeen on the Americans. He absolutely trucked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely demolished him. So um, Canada's not afraid to be physical either. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of an American who should be on this team but is on the under twenty three team, Johnny Goudreau. Uh, he's still a RFA. Um, he's reportedly there's been reports that he's looking for eight million annual average value. Um, so. Um, and I guess Calgary isn't willing to pay him. They'd say that they're like 1.5 million off or something like that. Yeah, I think there's 1.5 yeah. million dollar difference between yeah, the yeah. two sides. They have 8.6 million dollar cap space, by right, the way. Right. So if they were to assign Johnny Hockey to 8 million a year, right. they would have uh, 600 grand to spare. Uh, let me which just... isn't much, yeah. but hey, it's something. Well. Hold on, I'm pulling up General Fanager right now. Um, I believe, didn't Sean Monahan got, 
Um, let's see here. Monahan. I don't think he's getting paid what Johnny Hockey is yep. looking for. Monahan got paid six point three annual average value. Six point three million a year. For yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean. So yeah. So that begs the question that we were going to ask is. Is he worth that much? Um, and will this get ugly? And then we'll, I guess we'll, uh, since this will, he'll probably be signed right after we re- finish recording. So, um, what, what do you think will happen? But first, let's see, uh, do you think he's worth it? Yeah, we thought Tyson Perry, that situation was going to drag right, exactly. on, and it dragged on for another hour. Well, that's why I'm asking, well, yeah. what, what's going to happen? I don't think it's going to get too far. It's not because that they're so quick to resolve it. Johnny Hockey has said before he's not too worried about a contract extension. He has a feeling something's going to get done. He he loves playing with his buddy Sean Monahan. He loves playing in Calgary. Yeah. And I think when you have an environment where you want to be there, I don't think it's going to take much for Johnny Hockey to resign. Yeah, I don't I agree. know if it's going to be for $8 million a year. Is he worth it? He's got the potential to be worth it. I mean, yeah. He was in the top 10 this year. points in his first yeah. year, a first full year. In his second year in the NHL, I think he got, if he didn't get 80 points, he certainly got close to it. Yeah, let me look. Um, um, so he, he, he raised his game to another level last year on, on, in, in, on a team that really didn't do as well as maybe people initially expected. Uh, they were yeah. expecting a lot more from Calgary this year, and yet he was still able to raise his game. Yeah, so last year he had 78 points, and the year before that he had 64 points. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah. That's still, that's still, that's still significant progress. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is probably one of my favorite players. He's at least in my top five of favorite yeah. current players. Um, I still, th- I don't know if he's worth $8 million. I would say he's. I, I do agree with you. I think this deal will get done. I don't know if he'll sign for eight million. I'd imagine it's around Sean Monahan money. Um, mm. It might be, or it might just be seven million. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I feel I like I feel like I feel like giving eight million to someone um, for someone who's played who like who played for two years, like also obviously really good two years, but. Um, still, like, I don't know if if it's even enough for that. I think $7 million I'm okay with, but $8 million, it's a little steep. Yeah, I mean, I, and you look at, you look, uh, just for, this kind of reminds me a bit to the P.K. Subban situation. You know, obviously, before he got traded from Montreal, yeah, there was yeah. debate of whether to give him a bridge contract or a long-term contract and pay him, like, seven, eight, nine million a year. And Montreal chose the long-term contract. Right. And as a result, they ended up taking a bigger long-term contract <laughs> in Shea Weber. We've talked yeah. enough about that already. Yeah, um, yeah. But, again, P.K. Subban, there was, there was saying, you know, potential versus price tag, take your pick. Right. And, and, which, which, and Montreal sided on potential, and they gave him the money. And I yeah. think that's what's going to happen with a guy like Johnny Hockey as well. Um, is, he, is he worth $8 million now? Yeah. Maybe not. But at some point in his career, he's definitely worth eight million. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's like it feels like this feels like a lot like that um, Tarasenko deal last year, where mm-hmm. they gave him a lot of money uh, based on his potential, even though he's you know he had a one good year at that time. So yeah. it's it's something like that. It's like maybe a little bit more, so we could see if he's 
capable of pulling off another 78-point yeah. year, but yeah. we'll Isn't that what pretty much every major contract signing is about potential? Yeah, that's like, true. Why, why do they overpay these that's guys true. so much? Because yeah. they base it on what they think they're going to do as opposed speaking, to what they actually do. Speaking of that, um, apparently they uh, there was reports, I forget if it was this week or last week, but um, there was reports that the reason why they traded Taylor Hall was they were worried about McDavid's contract later in the year, and they were going to, like, because they couldn't sign both Taylor yeah. Hall and McDavid in the same, like, the same amount for some reason. Yeah, we're talking about kind of, uh, the, uh, the yeah. other team in Alberta, the Edmonton Oilers, who are just Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I could have been clearer, I guess. But, like, but he's uh, from Calgary, actually. Well, yeah, Taylor, Taylor Hall is, yeah. But it's still, like, that's still, like, a crazy way to do it, you know? Um, because it's, um, you know, McDavid, yeah, obviously McDavid showed that he was great this first year, but, you know, he could still be a bust. Um, it's still, like, up in the air. I mean, signs are showing that he's going to do well, but, like, you're already planning to give him a max contract <laughs> when his contract is up. It's kind of and you're already preparing for it by trading Hall, um, is kind of an insane thing. If that report is true, and that's what actually happened. but uh, you know I don't I mean? know if it's true, but certainly McDavid's contract is going to hinge on a lot of what Edmonton's going to do in the future, that's for sure. True. I mean, yeah, no, I get that's something that they've got to think about. I'm not going to deny the possibility that's what, in but fact, like happened, trading, that's why it was done. But. Right, no, but like trading Taylor Hall for, for something that might eventually happen, and who knows if McDavid can be consistent is still kind of crazy. Um, so that, that I took issue with. But um, yeah, I took whatever. more issue with the fact that they traded Adam, uh, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and <laughs> nothing else. That, that, that too. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, if that report was true, is that that's why they actually traded Taylor Hall? Then that's, like, stupid. Like, I can understand why they would trade Taylor Hall, if, like, because I get, get that they have, like, um, he has the most value. They have a ton of young forwards, but and I mean, obviously Adam Larson could be good, I guess, but mm -hmm. it's tough to see. Say, um, and I mean, yeah, we've we've talked about that enough. But I feel like I don't know. Added on to the fact that they're worried about McDavid's contract in the future in terms of paying him is kind of insane to me. Um, yeah. Now, I, I know we were going to talk about John Torres. Is it okay if we talk about Huberto first? Because we were talking about contracts and all that. I figured yeah, yeah, it would just make sense if we talk sure, about Huberto. Sure, that's fine. Let's go with Huberto now. So, yeah, Huberto got yeah, he signed. he got paid, by the way, folks. Yeah, he got paid 5.9 annual average value, or AAV, as the young kids say. Um, or six we years. say 5.9 million per season in simple yeah. terms. <laughs> um, and it's for six years. So, Florida um, is kind of set. Um, for they're going to be seeing a lot of the same guys for a while. Barkov, yeah. Trocek, Ukestad, Riley Smith, Huberdo, um, Ekblad are all. Um, oh, Yandel, Demirs, um, Lu yeah, oh yeah, Reimer and Luongo yeah. all have long-term contracts. Um, so. Yeah, you'll see those guys, so, which is good for them because they, they got their core. It's just a matter of can they be consistent um, or even better than what they are right now. 
Yeah, I think it was on Tuesday the 6th or Wednesday the 7th, we retweeted something from General Fanager yeah. about how much money Florida has committed over the next couple of years to uh, a good chunk of their forwards, their defense, and their goaltenders. Yeah. It, it's mind-boggling how much cash they have locked up. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, all right, yeah, so let's go. I think that's – is that it? Um It'll be interesting yeah. again to see just one point in Florida. It'll be interesting yeah, to fine. see how these long-term contracts shape up and if any of them bite them in the rear. But all right, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. We're talking to him on that subject. I don't know. I don't know if all those guys that I mentioned, all the forwards like Barkov, Trocheck, Hugstad, Huberdo, Riley Smith, will all pan out for them. Yeah. But I could see like a couple of them panning out for them too. So definitely Bar- Barkov and Bukestad and Huberdo. <laughs> I'm not so sold on Trocek and Riley Smith just yet, but um, I think, yeah, if, that's a good core, though. If yeah, they well, can what it does show is that they're ready to win, they want to win, and that's a, yeah. good, that's a good thing for a franchise that struggled with attendance in the past, but yeah. slowly but surely starting to rebuild that fan base. I'm just looking at gen- their general manager page. Barkov's 21, did you know that? <laughs> Isn't there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people. Even, if it's only their age, to be like, really, is that young? Um, because well, they start in the NHL's teens, bro. That's 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 probably a counter to it too. But like, he's also like really good right now, and he's not even in his prime yet. It's just yeah. that's insane. Um, all right, uh, yeah, let's go to uh, John Tortorella. Um, I don't really want to talk about this, but I guess we kind of have to because it's been in the news. Um, so if you're not a football fan, uh, I'll just recap it. Uh, Colin Kaepernick of 40, the 49ers backup quarterback used to be a really good quarterback, but, uh, he's like a mixed race quarterback. He, uh, decided to sit during the national anthem, um, during a preseason game. Um, and his reasoning was because of the oppression of black people in America, and he uh, didn't want to stand uh, for what America represents um, in that sense. And then a bunch of people got angry at him um, because, you know, the national anthem stands for America. It's also sort of kind of stands for the troops, too. So in a way, it's like he's disrespecting America and the troops by kneeling down, um, which I think defeats the whole purpose of this whole, like, what he was trying to do. Um, But it got a discussion going, um, especially when um, all the media members are asking everyone um, and anyone uh, about um, this issue. Um, It's a hot topic right now, so... Uh, John Tortorello was asked, like, what would you do if a player um, sat down during the national anthem? Um, as usual, he old school yeah. and blunt as usual. Exactly. And that was my reaction. It's like, of course, Tortorello would have this reaction. He's yeah. outspoken. Thank goodness he didn't swear. Yeah, he's outspoken. He's one of the most outspoken people in sports, not just in hockey. Um, says what you know, he says, doesn't hold he's, back. He's, uh, you know, he, his son is in the military. His, mm-hmm. um, his, uh, yeah, he says what he feels, and his, um, 
That was another thing that I was going to mention. Oh, and he's coaching Team USA in a tournament. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, so, he, anyways, he said that he uh, wouldn't play any player who sat down um, during the national anthem, um, and yeah. this caused a whole thing. Um, so I'm on I'm on both sides of this. Um, on one side, I get where Tortorella is coming from. Um, it's like, you know, like, yeah, if you're, you know, if, <laughs> if a guy sit, sat down on a Team USA event, like, you know, then why would they do this? You know, like, well, of course he should be sat down and whatnot. But, on the other hand, Colin Kaepernick didn't, like, that's not, it defeats the whole purpose of what Colin Kaepernick was saying. That's not the point that he was saying. It's not that Kaepernick hates Americans or the troops. It's that, you know, he didn't like the whole police shootings of black, innocent black people. So, I feel like that defeats the whole purpose of the whole thing. Um, also, something that we should uh, take note of is uh, dust. And also, hockey, well, first off, hockey is a predominantly white sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are hardly, I mean, I would love it if there were some protests or some outspoken people, but there aren't really too many outspoken people. Dustin Bufflin's on Team USA team. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's, he's either f- half black or f- actually black. Um, I forget. Um, but he's on a team that's got to be awkward for them. Seth Jones is, uh, team Columbus. North America, yeah. he's on team North America. Um, but he's also towards this is coach. He's probably not happy with that. JT Brown of the Tampa Bay lightning. And I think I tweeted that out here too. He, um, he also mentioned something to, um, hold on, let me get that up. But he was just, he was saying that if people sat down, wouldn't that be a factor in their, um, oh, wouldn't benching a black man for taking a stance only further prove Cap's point of oppression? But hey, frog emoji, coffee emoji. Like, that's like, it's kind of a meme for that's none of my business kind of thing. <laughs> but um, but I thought that was an interesting take, too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I don't know. What what are your thoughts? <laughs> That's enough of my rant. <laughs> you know, honestly, this is a very divided issue. Yeah. And I think it kind of proves Colin Kaepernick's point on how yeah. much of a divided issue that it is and, and what – the real stance is behind it. I absolutely 100% agree with the fact that some things need to change in America and definitely some of the issues that, that Colin Kaepernick has addressed need to be addressed. Uh, at the time, I did not really agree with how he addressed it by by his, his, yeah. his stance on the anthem, taking a knee during the anthem, uh, sitting at first, taking a knee, and that's what uh, a few people have done on other teams um, yeah. in the NFL. Brandon Marshall. I, I think, I, yeah. yeah, Brandon Marshall, the most recent one on the Denver Broncos. I think he was yeah. Cap's former college teammate as well. Okay. Um, 
but I, I, I still I still believe that he picked the wrong method to address those concerns. Um, and it's it's not it's like I I agree that a discussion needs to happen. This is probably the easiest way to get everyone to say, "Hey, look at me, what right. I have to say," because it's hard to ignore someone taking a knee during the anthem because everyone's That's, standing. Yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough to ignore that. Right. So as far as getting his point across, in, in that sense, it was probably the easiest way to get everyone's attention. Right. I think there was probably a, a better way, but who am I to say? There's right. probably a better way to get his point across and get people talking. This was probably the easiest way to do it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but we're entitled to our opinions. Yeah. And he's feel and he can feel free to disagree with me. Um, and he, and for all I know, he probably does disagree with me. But anyways, um, despite all the differences in, in Canadian society and American society in any society, when the national anthem plays for each country, maybe it's not in for all countries, but everyone stands at attention. They know the words, and for one moment. They are standing together and they are united. Despite yeah. everything that's going on, they are united. And to have to see people take a knee during that, I think it kind of defeats the purpose of what a national anthem is and what it stands for. Right. That's so the, why I don't agree with the stance that he's taking. I, yeah, I... I, I, I maybe I don't disagree with the stance that he's taking, but just the way, the way in which he does it. Yeah. Well, that's, I can see the other side of things, but th- that's just my opinion. I I get that. I I mean, I'm sort of on that side of you too, but at the same time, it's like, how else is he going to protest? And yeah. How else? Like, you know, it's not like if he just like had a press conference and um and just said like, I don't like how people are, you know, how the police are treating black people in America. How are they, um, you know, no one's going to listen. No one's going to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think and that's, and, that's, and also, that's probably why you did it. And yeah. And I think it also brings a lot of discussion is why do they have national anthem at the beginning of every game? It's like, it's kind of pointless when you think about it. Um, you know, it actually, it started out in, uh, I think in like World War Two. They wanted, like, America just wanted more nationalism in general. Yeah. So they so they just started to play the national anthem before every sports game just so people would be reminded that, you know, it's America. And it's like, and also, when you think about it, like, protesting and just standing up for what you believe is probably the most American thing in yeah. you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So in that sense, and he has every right to do this by the Second Amendment, and that's what Obama said. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, in a sense, like yeah, I guess he could have figured out a better way to express himself, but yeah. at the same time, it's like it kind of makes sense. Um, all right, now until less. But if there's one thing, you know, there. Yeah. The the issues that he's trying to address, I don't really know what's getting addressed more. The issues he's trying to address or the actions in which he went to address those issues, his actions alone and the actions of the others. So I'm just wondering if 
if the points that he's trying to address are actually getting across and are actually leading to right, right. That's that's a good and point. They haven't yet. Yeah, that's and a I, good point. And I'm guessing that's why he's hoping that this message continues so that yeah. eventually that they're going to have to address the elephant in the room and make this stop. Yeah, that's a good point. I just, um, but, but but yeah, I, yeah, I see both both sides of the coin. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do too. I just it's it's like it's a, it's a weird thing. That's why I don't really want to talk about this on this podcast because it's, yeah. you know, it's about hockey. It's not about hockey, but anymore, but, um, but sometimes that's important. Um, it's getting back to hockey. We yeah. do have some more hockey. Yeah, we do. All right. So Mike Fisher, is the Nashville Predators captain. Um, yeah, I guess this is a good choice. Um, a veteran guy. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. Mike Fisher. I, I, it, what's going to be interesting though, is just taking a look at uh, the list of captains that the Nashville Predators have had in their history. I believe this is their seventh. Um, Mike Fisher is, is is getting up there in age right now. Um, just taking a look here at the list of captains. Uh, well, I, it goes without saying that, uh, that, Shea, that Shea Weber was the most recent one. Okay. 1998 to 2002 is Tom Fitzgerald. Greg Johnson succeeded him for four seasons. For a short period of time, it was Scott Walker. He lasted for about two or three weeks. Teaming in for one or two seasons, then Arnett for a couple, then Shea Weber for six or seven, and now Mike Fisher. But um, looking at Mike Fisher's age, he's 36. Yeah. Just turned 36 on June 5th. Uh, last year, 23 points in just 70 games. Um, I, I think I think um, maybe they're maybe, maybe the, in a couple of years he's probably going to retire and they're probably going to be looking for a new captain. I think the re, he's a good choice to be given the captaincy to. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a long-term I, I, one. I, he's not going to be the long-term solution it goes without saying given his age. Yeah. But I think the reason they did this is because they see a future franchise leader, but maybe not yet. But maybe isn't ready to get the yeah. to take on those responsibilities just yet, and they're just buying him more time. And yeah, I agree with that. Just to see who emerges as that future franchise yeah. leader. Mike Fisher, for the time being, that's a great choice. But yeah. Longer term, uh, I'm interested to see who steps up. My guess is it's either between Yossi or Forsberg. Yeah, um, I'm thinking the same too. Because those are the only like two guys who are of the future kind of players. But yeah, Unless they pull to Vancouver and give it to Rene for some reason. <laughs> but, uh, that's, I mean, he's old too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, some PTO stuff. Um, we didn't have a Bruins send segment because there wasn't enough to talk about. Yeah. Um, but Chris Mueller uh, has a PTO for the Bruins. He's 28 years old. Uh, actually... I actually got the two of them except Peter Mueller. Peter Mueller. What did I say? Chris Mueller. You said Chris Mueller uh, in, in yeah. reference to another player that got a PTO. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> that was unintentional. It's a blend but... of the two. Yeah. Peter <laughs> Peter Mueller PTO Peter for Mueller Bruins. Bruins. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting move for them. Uh, he's 28 years old. Um, I guess it's another veteran guy um, who's still kind of young, too. Uh, not yet 30 yet. So um, it should be interesting if he works out 
for them. Um, and then the Oilers gave a PTO to uh, Christopher Stieg. Yeah. Um, my, it was only a couple of years ago that for Stieg was like like a good player on the Black, like a role player on the Blackhawks. Yeah. And now he's he's getting PTOs from the Oilers. So um, that should I, be interesting. I, I, think, I think he's looking for a longer stay. I think he's okay. going to have a long-term future with the Oilers. I think they yeah, need a role player like Christopher yeah. Steak. He deserves to flourish yeah. somewhere where he's not going to be traded. Yeah. And I, I think the Oilers, they're not in win-now mode, but I think in a couple of years they're going to be a playoff team. And they need a guy like Chris Versteeg um, helping in a third or fourth line role and can even chip in 30 to 40 points. Yeah, I agree. Um, he could he could work out for them. We'll see. Um, all right, that's it for now. Um, I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 44 of the Lace Em Up podcast. All right.